So, hey, everybody, this is Dr. Farnan and Dr. Lanier from Cutting Edge Foot and Ankle, and you're listening to another wonderful edition of Med Nation Podcast. It's the show that involves two podiatrists having conversations with industry experts for people who love to learn about everything and anything from head to toe. Today, we're going, we are talking about the role of podiatrists in nursing homes with Dr. Norman Backman who has over 47 years of experience and run more than 100 nursing homes in Missouri and Arkansas. We'll discuss the role of podiatrists in nursing homes. Thank you for joining us, Dr. Bachman. Hey, more than my pleasure. Before we start, Dr. Bachman, can you tell, tell me or tell us about yourself and your businesses? Well, um, by way of background, I graduated Northeastern University about 100 years ago. And went, <laughs> and went immediately and got my master's degree in major in biology, minor in chem at Georgetown University. And uh, actually, between all that, I actually taught high school for about a, two years. And then I went to podiatry school at PCPM. I uh, took a residency in uh, New York City when residencies were a rare thing for podiatrists back in the day. And um, when I came back to Massachusetts, for a podiatrist to do a bunionectomy was unheard of. Um, and of course, I did more than that and um, broke open probably half a dozen hospitals back in the mid to late 70s, which again, was very difficult. Um, in the beginning of my practice, I probably had maybe half a dozen nursing homes. and. Going to the nursing home, I considered a pain in the in the gluteus maximus and, and minimus. Um, <laughs> and I think most of us do. Having said that, I remember my first uh, time at a nursing home when I was very young. And I looked at this um, lovely, lovely young lady of 93 who had all her wits about her and uh, laughed at my stupid jokes and flirtations and... And I realized that, you know, one day that could be my mom and my dad. And I said, you know, whenever I go to a nursing home, I'm going to give them $5 for every buck I earn. And I've had that credo ever since. And uh, I think it served me well. And that's me. Uh, how did I end up in the Midwest? Uh, briefly, I, um, I ran a residency program um, at some point in my life. Um, I can't really pinpoint it right now. It's probably... Ooh, late 80s, I think. And I had several residents and uh, they worked for me in my office, plus uh, hospital rotations that I organized. Every time one of them would leave me, they wanted me to come out uh, to do their first surgeries with them and yeah, so on and so forth. And one of the fellows was um, a Midwest guy. And um, for some stupid reason, I started doing some nursing homes out there and 10 nursing homes grew to be 20 and 20 became 40. And and um, I was still running all my offices, plural, until probably 2013. So that's me. That's impressive. Yeah, that is yeah. impressive. Yeah, you know, Dr. Buckman, it seems you have a really accomplished kind of journey through podiatry and everything you've done from a business perspective as well. So we always hear that in the United States, every 17 seconds, there's someone diagnosed with diabetes, right? And that every day, 230 Americans will battle the challenge of lower limb amputations, like we all know. And there's no doubt that we as podiatrists play an important role in public health. But what is it like in a nursing home? You always hear those horrid stories from patients, or you have great experiences for patients. But 
What so what's it like in a nursing home and what's the typical characteristic of the patient that you see is in the nursing home and what conditions do they have? All right. That's a multifaceted question and a multifaceted answer. Um sometimes no, let me let me back up. Some nursing homes are better than others. Some staff cares for their residents better than others. I mean, I hesitate to say certain things on ear, but Sometimes I think some of our residents in nursing homes don't get the attention that they need just all over, uh, all uh, medically, let alone their diabetes. Um, Having said that, I can't tell you the number of times throughout my very, very short career of 47 years that I've seen ulcers and subcutaneous abscesses and all kinds of heel and malleoli lesions that were basically they're dry and clean, leave them alone. And I think we all know that some of these lesions that look dry and clean are not. So back in my early days, I, as uh, Dr. Jerusalem knows, I probably rustled a lot of feathers because I took out my scapel and I debrided those suckers and opened them up and did what was necessary. And back in those days, we didn't have all the fancy stuff we had today. Uh, Maybe we had some Accuzyme or papain or collagenase and good old betadine that became forbidden. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, ca- I can't tell you the number of great wounds I healed with uh, diluted betadine over the years. But sometimes diabetics, uh, as in regards to their feet, uh, they get overlooked. And hence, we lose toes, feet, and and lower limbs. So yeah, that that is very sad. And especially in a place where it's supposed to be a safe place for those patients, you know, at some point, you feel like they're not treated well. I can't tell you the number of times, and I really can't, but it's probably dozens upon dozens of time that I'll ask someone who's assisting me there, uh, do you guys do body audits? Oh, yes, yes. And I find these lesions um, that are just unattended to. So even today in so-called modern society, they're, they're not as good as they should be. Actually, sometimes I think some of the older um, uh, former nursing homes actually in some regards rendered better care. There weren't these big chain conglomerates where, where all that mattered was the bottom line. Good patient care spoke for itself. Same thing for us guys, and, and especially for, for you two. You know, when you do surgeries and your results are good, that's your selling point. That gets you more referrals and more patients. And same thing for me in the nursing home setting. Um, you know, I went from 10 to somewhere between 150 to 200 nursing homes. Uh, very rarely do I ever call home and say, hey, do you want my services? They come to me and I take great pride in that. And hopefully people that work with me are an extension of me. Even the old lady on the other side of the uh, microphone. (laughs) (laughs) Good one. So uh, was there any challenges during the COVID-19 outbreak for you to give your services to those nursing facilities? Well, uh, yes, because I'm a hands-on guy, you can't do that through telemedicine. Now, there were a few times, and I probably didn't even charge it up, where I had the nursing home take a picture of a lesion and send it to me, and I would phone in an order or, or an RX for an antibiotic, et cetera, et cetera. But by and large, uh, most of us who did nursing home works were locked out. When they were under lockdown, they locked out everybody. So there was a period in time where, not that money is the only problem, but we all need that to live on, where I wasn't earning anything. And uh, it was it was difficult. So 
to so, answer your question, and it, it impacted um, it impacted podiatric care across the nation in nursing homes. Absolutely, but I want you also to discuss uh, to our listeners what the importance of us podiatrists going in there, you know, treating the their lower extremities, you know, especially nail care. Sometimes with patients in nursing home facilities, they are bed bound, especially diabetics, and nurses are not able to trim their nails. For us going there once every three months, doing that, those procedures on those patients, more into how important that is. Again, I, I probably should have kept a flowchart over the years of the number of um, toes, feet, and limbs that I personally saved by finding things that were quote unquote dry and clean. I mean, I'm probably talking hundreds of times throughout the years. You know, we are the second line of, of defense. The first line, of course, should be the aid and and the treatment nurse and all of those. Uh, we're the second line, but oftentimes we are the first line of 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 defense and offense. So our role is extremely important. And as I'm going to repeat. If I didn't save a hundred limbs over the years, I didn't save one. Yeah, so our role is um, um, very important. You know, I'm a, I'm a fairly aggressive guy, but still I, I try to play within the parameters. Back in the day, I even took some nursing home patients to the OR when people were talking about amputation. I said, no, let me go in and clean out the osteo and we'll pack it in the nursing home and one of my favorite young ladies who was probably more flirtatious than I am, she was 96 years old, but she loved me. I mean, she came to the office all dolled up all the time, and it just, you know, it was heartwarming. But anyway, she ended up with an osteo over her first MP, and I took her to the OR, um, uh, cleaned out the osteo down to good bone. She wasn't a candidate to pack beads in and that kind of stuff, but I did have her on IVs. I put her in the nursing home. Six weeks later, yeah, her toe was shorter, but guess what? Osteo was clear. Everybody that she saw wanted to do a BK on her, and okay. she went on for many years. Short toe, but happy as a pig, and you know what? And uh, so there you go. I love that story because that even resonates here to this current day because I feel like a lot of folks find a, a particular patient like that or even younger patient and would just automatically assume or recommend below the knee amputation, right? Oh, absolutely. Uh, and it's crazy to even think that with all the cool modalities that we have now, all the cool, like you said, that, that weren't available back then besides diluted betadine. I mean, with all the cool skin grafts, skin substitutes, skin placements, things of that nature, wound vax. I mean, you know, we have a huge role in, in lens salvage now. And, and so, you know, that story resonates to Dr. Lanier and I, because there's been probably plenty of times where Dr. Lanier and I run into a patient that was recommended to below the knee amputation and comes in our office today with, a fully functional, like you said, whether it be a short ray, but a fully functional foot. So absolutely. Oh, absolutely. And um, it still probably exists today. People in all the professions sometimes put earning money first. And I'm not going to single out PVD guys or uh, today PAD guys. I'm not going to single out podiatrists. And, you know, uh, through the years, and it made me sick, I would see someone go in for a uh, you know, a, a, a great toe amputation. And I looked at that foot, looked at her um, her ABIs and all the rest of the vascular studies that I ordered and said, that ain't going to heal. And of course, the, 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 that, in this particular instance, the PAD guy would say, oh, I know better. Well, I knew better because guess what? Two months later, he was taken off second and third toe. So now he did two operations. Then the third operation was a TMA. 
And the fourth operation was a BK, none of which were going to heal because she was totally occluded, you know, uh, below the, um, the fem pop. And uh, he finally ended up doing an AK, which was successful. And then the patient died mm -hmm. because too many, too many procedures. So, yeah, with all the modalities um, that we have today and you guys are even infinitely more trained than I am. Um, yeah, there's no, there's, I shouldn't say there's no reason, but there's very uh, few reasons we have to go that amputation route today. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. What, what would you say is the most rewarding part of your job day to day? You know, um, and I don't want to sound more than I am, but um, it's not the money I earn. Every day when I go into a nursing home, if I can get one patient to smile at me, and tell me that they love me and miss me because I'm, I've been two months behind, that makes my day. That's my reward. And I get that every day, every day, and sometimes more than once. And that makes me happy. And I'm a big joke around anyways, but my residents tell me they miss me and they give me hugs. And I brought tears to my eyes once, no, more than once, actually. These residents will tell me they see me more than they see their own families. And that's sad when you become a piece of furniture in a nursing home and nobody comes to see you anymore. That's, that's very sad. I wanted to ask if you have any funny nursing home stories that you can tell us one story or something uh, that's, that's appropriate. It has to be. appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> Does it have to be appropriate? <laughs> well, I can tell you lots of funny stories, but I'll keep it above the board. Um, actually, this, this is kind of a long story, and I will try to annotate it. Um, I used to have this lovely patient in my office. Her name was Bertha, and she would come to me six weeks regularly for her ingrown toenails. I always made her comfortable. And one day, she takes a $100 bill out of her pocket, and she says, Dr. B, she said, would you, uh, would you take this? I said, well, no, 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 you pay the young lady out front. She says, no, 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 I want you to have this. You know, you don't understand, Dr. B. She says, every time I finished with you, that's every six weeks, I go see my psychiatrist <laughs> and I give him a hundred bucks and I get more out of you than I do out of him. <laughs> and, and, and I said, well, what do you go for? She said, I don't know. I'm trapped. But anyway, I said, I can't take that. You know, she did. She wrapped that hundred dollar bill up in an, in an envelope and sent it to my kids. And, oh, and, that was and, very nice. Yeah, that but, is. but the story in the nursing home is she ended up in a nursing home because she was making appointments in the morning and forgetting them in the afternoon. And because she was 93 now, and I guess, you know, the, the process has started. And so I didn't know she was in my nursing home. That was when I was in Massachusetts, right next to my office, practically. And I walk, walk up there and I walk by a room. I said, oh, my God, that looks like Bertha. And I walked right into a room, Bertha. And she goes, you're a handsome young man, but who are you? Well, you know, it, it, it devastated me. So you know what? We're all busy people, but I'm never too busy. So I sat on her bed for a half an hour talking to her. And all of a sudden she looked at me and she goes, Dr. Buckman, my love. And she hugged me. You know, you spend time with these people, the lights go on. And um, so that was my one of my favorite stories. Um, Thank you so much, Dr. Buckman. You are a joy to have. You are. Uh, you, we, you made us laugh. You gave us some perspective in life. And I thank you for that. Well, no, I thank you. And if I imparted anything uh, uh, good, that's great. And if not, we all had a good time. There you go. <laughs> we did. And uh, thank you, old lady and young man. <laughs> thank, thank you so much. And so, guys, thanks for listening to another Med Nation podcast with your host, Dr. Farnan. 
and Dr. Lanier. Yes, beautiful Dr. Lanier. We hope you enjoyed yes. our conversation with Dr. Buckman, who is absolute legend on the role of podiatrists in nursing homes. If you want to hear more conversations like this, please join us for our next episode. We'll, we'll be interviewing another fabulous forward-thinking gentleman in the podiatry world, Dr. Alton Johnson. As always, you can head over to Apple Podcasts as well as Spotify to hear more episodes like this. If you have questions for Dr. Buckman and us, check out the links in the notes and feel free to email us and connect. That's all for this episode. See you guys next time. Hey, thank you. See you next thank time. You.